So I am Kevin Fong, I'm a consultant anaesthetist at University College at London Hospital. Um, I am an honorary chair of public engagement as well at University College London. I'm currently seconded to Kent Surrey Sussex Air Ambulance as well. Um, uh, and in the past I worked for NASA's Human Adaptation and Countermeasures Office. Um, so I've sort of been around, I guess. <laughs> And we're here at Risky Business today, and, and one of the themes of the day is learning from other sectors, and we've heard a lot from aviation today, both sort of civil and military, and, 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 and you, you agreed, I think, during your talk, that there's a lot to learn from aviation, but sometimes you think that as a medical profession, you might take the um, comparison a bit too far. So I think, without question, over the 20th century, there's a range of high-risk professions which evolved, which, in which technology and risk to human life existed alongside one another. And in all of those industries, whether it was aviation, medicine, the oil industry, uh, any of those, they all had to evolve their own approaches to risk. And we're only now just beginning to peer over the fence uh, at, at each other saying, oh, how did you solve that problem? And that's a good thing. But the only note of caution I would sound is that you shouldn't rush to learn, to, you know, to pick up isolated lessons from other industries before really understanding those industries properly or understanding whether, you know, how those industries operate in context. Because it's very tempting to say, you know, when, you, when, when medicine looks at the aviation industry, uh, these cool, chisel-jawed, pilot doing daring things in the air and, and ask ourselves why we're not more like them, why we don't achieve the same standards of safety as they appear to. But you've got to understand that industry, its culture and its concept of operation pretty intimately before you start extracting direct lessons from it. You need interpreters between those, those industries who understand enough of both to bring lessons safely across. Otherwise, you risk learning the wrong lessons uh, and so that was really what I was trying to talk you about. You gave a great example of that in that you've been working with air ambulance and, and, and you've had the opportunity to go out to Camp Bastion and, and you said you've seen, so you've witnessed two different systems there, sort of parents and, and then the system they have in Afghanistan, so I forget the acronym. Yeah, so MERTS, yeah. MERTS. And, and it was only by, by being there and, and, and witnessing what actually happens in those systems appreciate the difference. Yeah, and, and so without doubt, the military's MERT system, medical emergency response teams that launch out of Camp Bastion in Afghanistan are, you know, objectively amongst the most, if not the most successful trauma teams in the world in terms of the severity of injury they confront and the survivorship they achieve on the back of it. Um, and there must be things to learn from them, and indeed there are. But again, it would be, it'd be easy to make the mistake of looking at civilian helicopter systems, which do have helicopters and doctors and paramedics in the same way that the MERT team does, and say, well, look, you know, they're the same systems and they should operate in the same ways. There are lots of things to move across, but there are also some fundamental differences between MERT and civilian HEMS, and all, all of those involved in both systems would widely acknowledge that. Um, and, and I think, personally, one of the most important things to take about the, the, the MERT system of Afghanistan is that it's part of a much wider system that, that, that starts with preventative healthcare at the point of injury and moves all the way back 
you know, through, through picking the casualties up from the battlefield, back into the hospitals at Bastion, on back to um, uh, uh, Oak, uh, and uh, and there's just end-to-end attention to detail through every link in the chain, and then a very, very, very good feedback loop. And in fact, the feedback loop, the way that they look at their outcomes and then feed that information back into the system to make improvements is probably the important thing. It's easy to get distracted by the helicopter, but actually that feedback mechanism, which is so lacking in so many parts of our practice, is probably probably the important lesson to take away. And, and many, any lessons that you brought back from Afghanistan that you've been able to use in your own practice in Kent, sorry? Well, I mean, we're still sort of trying to look at it, and it was a very informal look. There are things that went straight across from, from Afghanistan to civilian uh, uh, services. I think they, they really um, uh, pioneered the use of blood on board the vehicles, and that's come into civilian practice. Uh, as some of the equipment they use uh, in their system came back to our system. There has been this cycle of learning from civilian sector and moving that into the military, and the military then learning and moving that back into the civilian sector. That's been the story of trauma um, resuscitation since it first began. Um, so there will be many, many things to move across. You just What you'd want to avoid, particularly now that the war there is coming to an end, is this sort of Chinese whispers of knowing that this thing was a legendary system but extracting the wrong lessons because no one's around to understand that system or indeed the systems you're trying to translate those lessons to well enough.